This week on You Should Be Watching, we talk about the best teen and coming-of-age shows and movies of all time. These include, but are not limited to, Dawson's Creek, Party of Five, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Clueless, 10 Things I Hate About You, and more. All that and more on You Should Be Watching. Welcome to another episode of You Should Be Watching. This is episode 18, and today I'm joined by Ryan Peterson and Chris Hainer. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm wonderful. Hanging in there. Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, lots of stuff to watch, which is good, as always. Um, as you guys know, we're still right in the middle of Play For All. We've got a couple weeks left. You should check out those links in the description below if you want to help us. We are raising money for both Black Lives Matter and COVID-19 Direct Relief. So please check that out. We've got some cool charity streams going on through the 10th of July. And so now let's go back to the first question that we always ask on every episode, which is, what's on your TV? So Chris, you're back. Uh, what are you watching right now? Uh, I've actually been watching, for the most part, things that aren't out yet. Uh, I've watched Unsolved, Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries reboot. Mm. Uh, it is out, actually, the day this podcast drops, it's out on July 1st. Uh, don't watch it. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> really? It's nothing, it's it's not Unsolved Mysteries. It's just another Netflix true crime sort of doc series. There's no narration. So there's nothing no. at all that's similar to the original? The theme song and the font used on the title. Oh, God. That's it. Yeah, there's no narration. There's no reenactments. It's every, each episode is one hour of just one specific story. It, it there there is I will say there is a, a, a quote unquote haunted episode and a quote unquote alien episode, but watching it was so disappointing because it just didn't feel like unsolved mysteries. Bummer. Oh man. Thankfully, unsolved mysteries original flavor is on you, uh, Hulu. So watch some of that. You should just watch yeah. that. Just watch the original. Uh, and then the other thing I've been watching is Brave New World, which is a uh, show on Peacock, the NBC Universal streaming service that launches on July 15th. It's an adaptation of the Aldous Huxley novel, and it's insane, but really fun. Is anyone in it? Any memorable Oh, man. Joseph Morgan uh, from The Vampire Diaries is in it. Uh-huh. Um, and, oh... Alden Ehrenreich, uh, young Han Solo is oh. like one of the, oh, one of the lead Han. characters. And he's really, really, he's very good in this. I like him. I think he did a good job. I just watched Hail Caesar for the first time and I Ooh. thought he was pretty good in that. Nice. And you've got one last one on your list I see here. Oh, that's right. I also watched the final chapter of Undertaker, The Last Ride, WWE's very in-depth documentary on the final years of the career of the wrestler, The Undertaker. It's the first time... He's done out of character stuff. He's always he doesn't do press. He's always been in character, and this is the first time he's like doing a long examination of his career, and it's been pretty fascinating. Does this have mainstream appeal, kind of like The Last Dance does, or is it more inside baseball for wrestling fans? I think it has mainstream appeal because it's The Undertaker. He is sort of a crossover character that has been able to sort of break through that pop culture wrestling uh, ceiling and sort of reach beyond it. And I mean, he's been one of the leading stars of a TV show that's been running every single week for 30 years. That's a pretty impressive feat. That's true. Yeah, having having not watched wrestling for quite some time, I, th- I think I might give this one a shot to, I've heard good things about it. Uh, Chris, how would you, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure since you are the star of WrestleBuddies, you've seen the, right. Andre the Andre the Giant doc. Yes. As well from HBO. Yes. Uh, do, is is this kind of comparable? Yeah, that was actually I I found it really good to my, myself because he was kind of mainstream, obviously. 
I would actually say this com- this is comparable. I was surprised at the stuff WWE allowed to be shown, um, including like some of the some of the things Undertaker has to go through to be ready for a match. Now, like the camera goes backstage with him when he's getting cortisone shots in his knee just so he can walk to the ring without limping. Like there, there are things that I was in upon walking. I was like, I'm really surprised that this got by anybody at WWE and wasn't flagged to be taken out. That's awesome to hear, though. Like sometimes you want to have that raw and that you know really realistic. So it's not just like a infomercial, you know. You you, you got to really put the put the whole thing together. There have definitely been those before where it's just like, man, wrestling is great. We love working for WWE. It's perfect. <laughs> no, this is this is a realistic look at a guy who's been throwing his body at the ground for three decades and like what it's what like now that he's yeah. in his 50s and hurting all the time. That's just incredible. Wow. Yeah. Man, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. That's just you're putting your body through so much for so long. That's insane. But yeah, I, I would def- definitely check that out. Like I've seen the undertaker in the past but yeah i kind of fell off wrestling for a while it sounds really interesting though ryan what are you watching uh i guys i am still watching hannibal i'm still in season one Mm, halfway through season one on netflix you know all three seasons dropped i never watched it the first time it came around and i had heard so many great things i've talked about it like the last few weeks here the problem is that i've been playing a lot of the last of us (laughs) part two oh man I'm in a dark place, guys. Wow. So I'm, when I'm not when I'm not watching <laughs> cannibals and stuff and serial killers, I'm actually like just fighting zombies in a very grim, <laughs> grim video game, which is an excellent video game, but it is very dark. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. Um, I don't know what's what's going on with my mood right now, but yeah, that's that's what's going on. I need something to lighten it up at some point. <laughs> I haven't purchased that game yet for that specific reason. Like, I can't get, I can't be down like this right now. It's a lot. Yeah, I can't handle that right now. It's a lot. It's too much. The rest of my day to day is I'm just playing with my puppy Finn, so it's like I don't know. It's, you know, it, I. It balances out. Yeah, there's a lot of beautiful, like you know, happy, happy moments, and I just get really dark with my video games and my viewing experience. Uh, <laughs> there's also one other show that I wanted to just shout out because I, my wife and I started this. It's called I May Destroy You. Um, it's on HBO. Um, I, I kind of I had seen a trailer, but and then I kind of forgot about it, and I was just on the HBO Max page one night, and I we just played it, and it's a half hour show. It is kind of dark subject matter. It's about um, a woman that um, kind of surviving a traumatic sexual assault experience. Um, she's ri- She wrote it, and she also stars in it, Michaela Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, she's, it's it, very well done, extremely well done. It's kind of one of those up-and-coming um, new voices with like the how it's shot. Um, the writing is just very... It's kind of like obviously dealing with, with strong traumatic subject matter, but also she kind of is like reliving parts of the episode... Um, over and over again and trying to figure out what happened the night of this kind of thing that happened to her. Um, so it's it's kind of a tough watch, but also just like a fascinating, like creative take on it and how, how they came together. And it's there's comedy mixed in as well, but it's it's, it's obviously super dramatic. I was kind of just floored by by uh, the first episode and then, uh, you know, had watched the uh, the two the, the two next ones. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's a kind of a fresh new uh, voice. I wasn't familiar with her other show that she had done um, called Chewing Gum that I think is from like on Channel 4 in, um, in the UK. But um, 
this is great. I, I highly recommend this one um, if you guys are looking for something new to watch. Oh, that, yeah, that sounds heavy too, but it also sounds very topical. It, so, it sounds great, but yeah, very dark. And I need you to just go watch two episodes of Floor is Lava on Netflix to wash it away. Floor is Lava. Okay. I'll make <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for saving me. I don't know me. if you guys yeah, have seen get out Floor of... is Lava, but it's just a Nickelodeon game show for adults. And it's wonderful. It is. It's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched one episode. It is really silly. And it's like constantly like number one or number two Ugh. on Netflix. And I get it. It's just like anyone of any age can start watching that and have fun. You can watch it with your whole family. But it is so yes, silly. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I might need some some uh, you know game some game show type vibes to break up this like dark period of my life. I think that's a good call, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna break the the dark streak here and, and bring up the two things that I watched this weekend. Um, the first one I'm going to mention is Netflix's Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, which is doing really well in other countries right now, especially the countries that are obsessed with Eurovision and this actual song contest. So it's based on the actual Eurovision Song Contest that ha usually happens each year. Um, not so much this year, I've heard, because of the pandemic. But um, yeah, it's it was a random movie choice for Will Ferrell to do, I think. <laughs> um, so Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams star in it, but it's also got Dan Stevens from Legion, and um, there's some fun cameos in it as well, but it has very big Blades of Glory energy, <laughs> and it's like, I feel like I haven't watched a movie like this uh, from Will Ferrell since like those days, since like Blades of Glory, but it's it's got everything that I wanted, so it like kind of checked all the boxes for me when I started watching it, because I love Europop, I love um, cheesy pop songs, I love Rachel McAdams, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I love comedy musicals, awesome. so it was, yeah, like I, I haven't like really enjoyed a comedy musical like this in a while since like, probably since Popstar. Never Stop, Never Stopping. Great film. Perfect. <laughs> but I, I, I recommend it. The songs are really catchy. They're very fun. Uh, even Dan Stevens sings like this really epic song about um, him being like the lion of love. Um, it's it's very funny. Um, and we know he can, we know he's a good performer of these from watching Legion. You know, he, Legion had those dance and musical numbers that he was he was so awesome at. That's very true. And he also I think he did um, some vocals in the remake for um, what was it? Beauty and the Beast? that he was in yes yeah. yes yes yeah so yeah this one's really fun um i recommend it it's silly it's cheesy but like if you enjoyed like blades of glory and and will ferrell movies of the past then you'll probably dig this one too and especially if you're from a country uh that watches the eurovision song contest what i've heard from reddit is that they really are enjoying it because it's just kind of a love letter nice. to that um, and then I also watched um, Tammy and the T-Rex. Yes. I'm sure you've, you've seen the trailer for this. Have you watched it, uh, It was my college roommate's favorite movie. I've seen it so <laughs> many times by force. Did you watch the gore cut that's on Shudder? The, the what cut? The gore cut. No. The, the R-rated oh, gore No, wow. I've only yeah, watched whatever so... was on the VHS tape that he had. <laughs> so they originally marketed it as a, um, a family film, which it is absolutely not. Um, they tried to edit it down to a PG-13 version. I don't know how they did that, but the R-rated version is on Showtime and Shudder, oh. and it's the gore cut that they showed at Fantastic Fest in 2019, and then they moved it on to Shudder in 2019, but it's now on Showtime, too, so that's where I watched it over the weekend. And just seeing it there, I was just like, oh, man, I remember seeing this trailer. It's the trailer with Denise Richards and um, Paul Walker, and Paul Walker becomes a dinosaur. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, you want to, do you want to watch this? And I like turned to my partner, I'm like, do you want to watch this? It's about Paul Walker becoming a dinosaur, and he dates Denise Richards. And he's like, yeah, all right, sure. So, so we put it on and it's just 
absolutely bonkers and it's crazy and I think like um the really cheesy practical effect um gore just kind of adds to it so I would definitely watch that version of it if you're gonna check it out um it's pretty silly and you can see like people being lifted up by wires booms (laughs) in the shot um but basically this movie was created because this guy um had an animatronic dinosaur and he went to a director and he's just like hey we can make a movie with this and he's just like cool what's the story he's like i don't know but we got to start shooting in a month (laughs) and so he wrote the story in a week and and somehow got a very young denise richards and paul walker involved and uh the rest is like they acknowledge that it's a robot because they could not pass this thing off as a real dinosaur it's so silly but it is kind of beautiful in a way it's kind of glorious i would definitely recommend checking it out if you are in the mood for some b horror from 1994 um but yeah it's a good time guys i have never heard of this but i just did a quick (laughs) google image image search and i'm going to tell you everyone who's listening to this podcast at home on your phone wherever just do a google image search if you haven't found heard of this and and literally, this is uh, this is mind blowing. I mean, I think I have to watch <laughs> the po- this. The poster is incredible. The poster is incredible. It There's is. The random scenes here. That this looks insane, guys. This is yeah. <laughs> Chastity just found a gem. It is absolutely insane. <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing I've seen in a long time. But I can't stop thinking about it. I'm going to tell you that right now. Amazing. <laughs> and that it's Paul Walker and Denise Richards adds a whole other layer of what is yeah, happening seriously. on top of all. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this was like one of their first movies ever, <laughs> yeah. and you can just tell by watching. What was your take on watching the PG-13 version, Hanner? Uh, I, I I questioned my roommate so badly. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why you like the things you do, but it it it's fun. It's fun from a bad movie standpoint. Like, yes, it's like. <laughs> The things that happened in the 80s and early 90s that were paid for by somebody constantly blow my mind. (laughs) Like, this is something someone spent money on and then it, like, came out. And it's still still going. And, like, they played the gore cut at Fantastic Fest, you said? Mm -hmm. Like, this 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 movie still has an audience is so great. It makes me happy. (laughs) Me too. All right, on to the next section. We are going into You Should Be Watching, and this time we're talking about the best teen and coming-of-age shows and movies of all time. So these are all the things that we grew up watching in our formative years or just shows that just kind of nailed it in terms of the teen experience or coming-of-age. So this runs a long gamut, um, (laughs) and we've seen many, (laughs) many in our time. but I just want to start with something that's very near and dear to me and Chris Hainer's Oh, hearts, my God. Which is Kevin Williamson's Dawson's Creek oh. <laughs> from the WB. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it so much. So I feel like this is the show that defined my um, tween and early teen years for sure. I started watching this when I was about 12, I think. Wait, before um, we get too deep, let me ask you. Yeah. Are you Team Pacey or Team Dawson? I'm Team Pacey. Okay, I, I figured as much. I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to make sure. I need to know I'm, what I'm dealing with. I'm Team Pacey. But to be completely transparent, when I first started watching this show, I identified more with Dawson as a film geek. And I was initially Team Dawson season one. And then I switched to Team Pacey. <laughs> and then you that. realize he's the worst kind of film geek. <laughs> he literally yes. only watches movies made by Steven Spielberg. 
he's a Spielberg what? fan through Jesus. and through. Yeah, it's very silly. But um, if you miss the Dawson's Creek boat, <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was out on the WB in the late 90s. Um, I want to say 1998. Is that correct, Tanner? That sounds right. I know it lasted until I was in college and I was the one dude at college who's like, I got to watch my Dawson's Creek every week, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so around then, and it, it launched the careers of Katie Holmes, Joshua Jackson, Michelle Williams, uh, and James Vanderbeek, some more than others. Uh, but it was a great show. It went on for um, many seasons, may- maybe too long, but I think it had some very, very strong seasons. <laughs> but I, I, I like all of it collectively. It, but, you know, I, it, I, it, it lost its way for my money when they went to college, but then it sort of rebounded at the end, I thought. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But yeah, I'm definitely a team Pacey. But um, the reason that this show meant a lot to me, I, probably just because I started watching when I was 12, and by the time it was done, I was, um, I think, around the end of high school for me. So it was kind of definitely like coming of age in terms of um, my age at the time. And it really formed um, some of my ideas, for better or worse, about relationships and friendships and love, which is probably not always a good thing, but it totally did. Um, but I And also, I learned a lot of vocabulary from this show. I just want to oh add that, too. Oh, my God. I learned so much vocabulary from they this show. They spoke with such big words. Teens don't talk like that. No. But I do appreciate that I learned more words in terms of preparing for the SATs. Um, I still love the word discombobulate, and I learned it from <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Thank you, Dawson's Creek, for teaching us vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's turn to some other shows that we loved. Uh, Ryan, what's a show that you grew up with or loved? Um, I definitely like popped into this Dawson's Creek here and there, like, but I didn't, I didn't religiously watch it as much. But I would, I would watch it for a few episodes here and there. I knew, I obviously it was in the, I was, at, you know, ending uh, high school in two thousand one. So yeah, it was right around the time that I was in high school and kind of, you know, culminating. Um, I, I feel like. Obviously, some of like the the classics, like one the Wonder Years. Um, I remember watching mm-hmm. that reruns of that as well. But I, I really was hooked from the get go to Party of Five. Oh, oh okay. That was a Fox show, right? Yeah, I believe it was a Fox show. It had like Nev Campbell and Jennifer Love Hewitt mm-hmm. and Scott Wolf. Guys, I was a huge Jennifer Love Hewitt fan. Like, Ooh. yeah, I was a little oh, too obsessively like into Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, she was great. And she got a spinoff from yeah, that show. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But I don't remember a single detail about what happened on that I, spinoff. Yeah, I, I remember you. it did not last long. Yeah. yeah. But I, I remember I, I would I would literally tune into every single episode of of that show um, back when, um, when I was younger. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't watch a whole bunch of... Uh, like coming of age, like teen dramas back then. I think when I think more like mm-hmm. contemporary, I kind of like some of the the more recent ones we've seen, like Sex, sex Education, um, the end of the that's a great the end show. of the effing world. Like those those type of shows are kind of what I now feel for like coming of age shows where there's um, you know a, a, a little bit of the formulaic stuff, but also kind of completely retelling of a story like that. Right. Yeah, I really love the characters in Sex Education. I think the the actors, especially the young actors, do a very great job in terms of yeah, portraying that age and that experience and just the, the ins and outs and things that you de- have to deal with and worry about and are anxious about as a teenager. Totally, and it kind of, um, I mean, it's obviously a British show with British high school kids, and but like 
it does it feels like it's very american i mean all the the things that they get into and all yeah. the, the relationships and it feels very like um you know a sign of the the current times and and um you know it kind of flips all the 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 genre on its head kind of and doesn't kind of just do all the same things that we've seen for years and in, in shows like this so i that was a, kind of one of my favorite shows of the last like um of the last few years to be honest yeah i really loved it too uh, Chris, before you list your others, I just, I forgot to ask you, what do you love about Dawson's Creek and what did that mean to you? Um, so weirdly like you, like at first I, I, I wasn't necessarily a Dawson fan, but I liked the fact that I was like, oh, I love movies. This dude loves movies and he <laughs> wants to make movies. That's really yeah. cool because Teenage yeah. Me didn't even consider, Teenage Me from like Central California didn't consider that like oh people can actually want to make things for a living like for their life that yeah like love something and then just go ahead and do it um so I love that but I love the friend like I love that group of friends mm-hmm. um and I loved how dramatic that group of friends got over nothing all the time it's so true though <laughs> it's 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 fascinating don't you remember me. being a teenager and y- your worries are just like so silly compared to what we worry about now and just like looking back in hindsight you're just like wow you're like oh this is the most important thing in my life right now and my problems are so big well it's also weird looking back in hindsight (laughs) at things like the time pacey's had an affair with his teacher and that was just treated as a thing that he thought was cool man because he's in love with an older woman and i'm like that would that would not happen now no she would go to jail now she would go directly to jail um and and then there were like what I something I loved about that show is it did like concept episodes, like it did the Blair Witch ripoff episode, it did like the right. haunted house sort of episode. There was one where Joe, there was one later in the series where Joey and Pacey got locked in a Kmart overnight. That's right, and it was fantastic. I was like, that like <laughs> this is a life experience I would like to have sometime. Yeah, I love that uh, that scream slash slasher episode that they had that took place at Jen's yeah. house, or and yeah, that was a good one. Love that. But yeah, they, they definitely did a lot of homages. I, I want to say it was just a good show. There were times when it was not good. <laughs> but by and large, it was just great. Like I and I've gone back and rewatched it and enjoyed the heck out of it. Shout out to Dawson's dad also. Oh, Mitch Leary for life. I don't think he gets enough love. Mitch Leary is a great dad. Died eating ice cream like we all should. <laughs> R.E.P. <laughs> All right, what other shows are on your list, Chris? Honestly, almost anything on the WB Network was something I was yes. obsessed with as a teenager. <laughs> um, I did not like Gilmore Girls. I thought I thought both of them were awful. Like I couldn't I couldn't get into them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, Felicity, like uh, Felicity is, I assume Felicity is what college was like. Uh, it was not. That's me too. Cause I was, I was like a couple years too young. I was just like, oh wow. College seems cool. <laughs> for me, that show started as I was getting ready to leave for college. I was like, wow, this is what it's going to be. And then I got to college. I'm like, oh, that's television. <laughs> that's yeah. not what the real world is like. And it was a, that was JJ Abrams's first show, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, good show. Um, Good show. 
I also like Boy Meets World as uh, as a teenager. Yes. And then as an adult, being happy that Girl Meets World exists for a new sort of generation of teenagers. That sh- yeah. that show didn't go on as go long as go on as long as it should have, I think. But that it existed and it sort of tackled similar issues in more modern ways, I thought was well done. And uh, mm-hmm. I was a real nerd for Degrassi when I was in high school. Oh, really? Oh, like, is that, that's a Canadian it's show, It's a right? Canadian show. The original Degrassi aired here on PBS, though. It was like public television. Ah. It was an 80s show that I was watching in the 90s. And I'm like, these people look so weird, but so cool. <laughs> and they're so relatable. There's the... There's the little girl who like has epilepsy. She like the 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 main character is a little epileptic teen girl who's in love with like a guy who's in a band. And like it was just so normal. It was nice. And they're they're Canadian, so they're all very pleasant. Of course. I've never seen it, but how would you how's Drake at, at um acting? Ah, see Drake comes in in Degrassi the next generation. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm which, way off. Which started in the early eyes. But but <laughs> But I've also watched that show, and <laughs> he's really good. Like he play, he uh, he plays. He, it, in the beginning, he is a basketball player on the team named Jimmy. But then he gets shot in a school shooting and spends the rest of the series in a wheelchair. Oh man! Yeah. Right. Wow. Because Degrassi right. will hit some hard topics. Yeah. Like it hit harder topics than any American teen show I've ever seen. That's heavy. Um, going back to Boy Meets World, I I was rewatching some of it. Uh, because they had the whole thing streaming on Disney Plus, and uh, the main character kind of sucks. Corey kind of oh, sucks. Corey's the worst. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go and, you one better. Topanga's pretty bad too. <laughs> and like, I don't know why I didn't think that at all as a kid. And then like, I'm watching it back now. I'm just like, oh, I remember this episode. I'm like, oh wow, Corey really sucks, and I just don't like what he's doing. And he seems super selfish, and the things he's doing is so like self-centered, not thinking about anyone else. It's yeah. yeah. Sean is Sean and Angela are the greatest things about that show, <laughs> and Eric as like. I appreciate Eric, it as I Eric, love like, Eric. Eric like coasted further and further into insanity. That <laughs> <laughs> like it's it was magic watching that character evolve into what he became. Absolutely. Um, anything else on your list? Oh, uh, a few things, but I feel like the big one as far as TV goes is Undeclared because that was a show that Ooh. actually happened while I was in college, and that felt relevant to me i totally forgot about that but yeah i i recall that being on air it was who was in that again it, it, well it was jay baruchel? it was jay baruchel seth rogan uh charlie hunnam from sons of anarchy right uh, that's the one that throws me monica off kina from dawson's creek yes abby, abby uh it was such a it was such a weird weird cast but like it was the cut like watching that like felicity is what i thought i was like oh wow college is gonna be insane this is going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had that college experience, it would have been honestly probably not good. But the undeclared college experience seemed way more realistic and like what it actually was because everything is awkward. You're in a new surrounding. You're surrounded by new people. You're out of the nest for the first time and you don't know how to cope with it. And that was definitely me. That's definitely relatable stuff right there. For sure. Um, yeah, I was right there with you in terms of pretty much the entire WB network. I watched everything on there. But yeah, Buffy was a big one for oh, me. Um, that was a very formative show for me. Uh, uh, I mean, not as a vampire slayer, but like just the <laughs> things that she goes through. <laughs> Chastity, what are you not telling yeah. us? Yeah. 
yeah, I tried to become a vampire slayer. No, uh, she she was great. Um, I I love Sarah Michelle Gellar, and I just love that core cast, like the Scoobies, everyone on that show, that whole um friendship between everyone. Um, I just love the characters there, and and how much growth was shown, and just like the kind of metaphors of the the things that like she was dealing with monsters, but like it it definitely is a metaphor for real life. Um, another one I want to list is Freaks and Geeks. Uh, gone too soon, but yeah, that was a short-lived show, but it had everyone that has ever worked with Judd Apatow on it, um, and I really liked it. I thought it was very funny and um, very relatable as well. And then um, I also want to list The O.C. Uh, that went on when I was in college, but I really appreciated it. I know it kind of went downhill after a point, but I really thought it had a very strong first two seasons. And then it kind of just like turned into a weird version of itself later on. But I appreciate it for what it is. And then lastly, um, one show that I want to mention that's more recent is Euphoria. Mm. Uh, have you guys seen it? Oh, yeah. I haven't. Yeah. I somehow missed out on the on Euphoria and it bums me out. I need to go back. Oh, you can watch it now. Yeah, it's Zendaya is It's a great one. incredible in it. Like she just really delivers a star performance in this thing and it's it honestly this is the show that makes me not want to have a daughter <laughs> in this current day and age cuz it terrifies me to death about what she would go Agreed. through. And, <laughs> Yeah, it, it just the idea of raising a teen girl in in this day and age, seeing this show terrifies me, even if it's slightly exaggerated, even a less exaggerated version of the events of this show would make me very upset. <laughs> yeah, it's strange watching it. You're like, this is really exaggerated. There's no way it's like this. Right. And then you're like thinking you're like, I, I don't want a daughter. I don't want any kids. I don't want kids at all. <laughs> this is scary as hell. Like, is it really like this? Like nowadays for teenagers? No way. Please say no. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. But like maybe. But like, I mean, I've, I'm the further I get away from the teen years, the, the less I feel like I'm in touch with it or know what's going on. But I feel like it probably has gotten worse and definitely like kids have gotten more sexualized earlier or yeah. like exposed to stuff because of the internet and it's it's everything yeah i, I don't know i mean i i grew up like there there was a portion of my teenage years where we literally did not have the internet at home yeah like like the we didn't get internet until i think 96 or 97 yeah i started using it yeah around 95 yeah now every kid has a phone or a you know it used to be like a beeper mm-hmm. maybe you get a beeper first mm-hmm. now now it's like everyone has a cell phone smartphone connected to the internet there's cameras on it there's apps you know it's like it's oh, it's man. it's a whole nother yeah. level like i it's it's it's, it's terrifying just thinking about it <laughs> like what's like what mm-hmm. kids can do out there yeah that's that's a huge part of it is the social media aspect and what you say will be able to be seen on the internet in years to come and will haunt you for your days um but yeah it's it's just scary but it, it's a very good show and i highly recommend watching it all right, on to movies. So, Ryan, what are some of your favorite teen or coming-of-age movies? I think one of my all-time favorites has to be Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, yes. Just, icon- just iconic. It's one of those movies that's just like, I love the idea of a movie that takes place over a limited amount of time, right? And it's kind of like a a self-contained day, just a crazy a day of craziness where like you have to like just figure out um you know how to to hide from the parents and cover up all your mistakes and all your <laughs> all the things that all the all the hysterics that they get into. Um Matthew Broderick's awesome in it. Um I I just think that, like whenever I think back to like when I was young and those type of classic movies, uh, you know, about going through school and kind of, you know, playing playing hooky and just doing all sorts of weird stuff. That one always sticks in my in my brain. <laughs> 
That's very true. Yeah, and another another film that's kind of similar in terms of like, um, I love movies that are like one night, like one night party. You know, everything and what you know, chaos mm-hmm. will ensue. Like super bad. Yeah, like super bad. Super bad's actually on my list for like a more contemporary. Uh, you know, it's kind of like what can go wrong when all these yeah young teenagers get together and make horrible decisions. And uh, you know, there's like some touching actually good uh like story and lessons to be learned as well from these but like super bad's one of them can't hardly wait was one of my favorites when i was younger yes um you know end of the Me year too. party uh and just how, how they how they did that whole that whole another jennifer love hewitt uh movie by the mm-hmm. way I'm, what a cast on that movie. yeah seriously really good really good cast <laughs> um seth green was in it i think i believe as well right he was um, the whole he cast was, was great mm-hmm. and uh, actually the soundtrack was actually really good i remember back then yes that was one of my favorite soundtracks i bought it on cd i remember distinctly having yeah that. me too i was obsessed with that soundtrack <laughs> mean girls i have as well i think that's a really good one yeah a fun one. um super bad those are kind of more contemporary as well as back then like Clueless was was amazing. Yes, that's on my list too. Just incredible, like nothing really like it uh, in terms of... It's iconic. Iconic, yeah. And it's, she's like kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, coddled, rich, uh, but then, you know, gets a perspective from her older brother and kind of goes through the whole ups and downs of high school and the cattiness that was going on there and all the drama. And then, you know, a really good message at the end of all of that. And um, I can't believe what's his name is... Paul Rudd. I mean, Paul Rudd. It's wild that Paul Rudd has only aged ten years since that movie. <laughs> the message at the end of all that is Paul Rudd is an alien, and he. Paul Rudd does not age. That's the message, right? He's just kind of the same guy. Incredible. Yeah, but yeah, if you if you think about like what was the teen movie of the '90s, I would think most people would name Clueless yeah, as definitely. the iconic, most memorable teen movie of the '90s. Fun fact: I live about a mile away from the liquor store that Cher gets ditched at. Oh wow. <laughs> Oh, the, cir- wow. the, cl- the, cl- the Circus Clown Liquor Store. Yeah. yeah. And it's oh, just man. as creepy in person. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, really good um, performances in that as well. Very excellent writing. But yeah, it's it, it definitely holds up extremely well. It does. It, well. Does. Um, it also had a, a TV show afterwards. I watched that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't as good, but it was still fun. Like, I still enjoyed it. I, I always appreciate that they got some of the cast to come back from the movie for the show. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I, I respect like that. Why not? Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, Chris, what movies do you have on your list? Ooh, uh, so I, I am 100% with Ryan on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It is it is mm-hmm. the best. Um, uh, other things, Stand By Me, like mm-hmm. that was not, that was quite mm-hmm. sort of the beginning of the teenage years that like I was really like, I just wanted to go on adventures with my buddies and that's it. Yeah. Um, Anything that John Hughes did, chances are, spoke to a, a, a generation of teenagers. Very true. Do you have a favorite? Oh, I love The Breakfast Club so much. It mm-hmm. made me want detention, which is insane. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Sh- nobody wants detention. But man, that that also, but also nobody has a library in their high school like that. So, Right. Um, and then the last couple I want to hit are A, Empire Records. Which oh, yeah, yes. Empire Records is I love that movie. It remains for my money one of just the best nineties movies and the best movies about sort of being that age and not not being sure what you want to do, but like knowing mm-hmm. that you want to do something that you enjoy. And I'm like, oh man, working in a record store seems like the greatest thing of all yeah, time. That yeah, that made me want to work in a record store for sure. Just like with a weird crew of misfits that I can share music tastes yeah. with. <laughs> and <laughs> And try to like 
fight the man. Um, and then <laughs> Rex Manning. What oh, a Rex what a Manning character. Day. He's so sexy. It's Rex Manning Day. Rexy is oh, Rexy. so sexy. <laughs> um, and then the last one I, w- I wanted to hit on was uh, Dazed and Confused, which oh, wow. it's mm. it's like in so many ways my favorite era. Like I love the 70s. I love the fashion of the 70s. The music of the 70s is hard to beat. Um, but like also like I dreamed of having a last day of school like this my entire middle school, high school, and college career. Never happened, but man, (laughs) it looked like the greatest thing. And like, it's not hard to imagine like having those sort of just experiences with your close group of friends at that point in your life. Yeah, for sure. Completely agree. Um, On my list, uh, I had Clueless as well. Uh, We already kind of talked about why. I also, from the 90s, I listed 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, I really love that movie. I think Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles were fantastic in it. Just Gordon Lovett too, but those two were really the the stars of the film that delivered the best and strongest performances that kind of transcended the comedy element into more of just like, they even had like just very good dramatic performances in that film. Um, but yeah, it was good. I, I think there's even a character with my name in it, which I found <laughs> weird. Um, but uh, but I love that musical number that uh, Heath Ledger does. And I love the speech based on the title uh, that Julie, Julie Stiles does in the classroom. Um, so a lot of really good, memorable moments in that film. Um, I think it was probably one of the, the stronger ones. There, there were a string of movies around that time for teens, and I think that was probably one of the best ones. Because there, there was also, like, you know, She's All That came out around the same time, Varsity Blues came out around the same time, but Ten Things is leagues above those, I think. Just rewatched She's All That recently. That movie is not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's also, it's <laughs> like... They do, like, a choreographed dance or something, and Paul Walker is, like, a jerk. Oh, Paul Walker's everything about this movie is offensive especially the use of sixpence none the richer (laughs) as we go through some of these movies i don't know maybe i spent more time watching like ridiculous comedy like spoof parody movies have you guys seen not not another teen movie yes oh no you can totally list that there not another teen movie i think is the best of that genre of spoof movies by far that's a good spoof yeah because i i I literally watched Mm -hmm. this probably i got the the dvd and i would religiously rewatch I would rewatch this over and over and over again. And I mean, it, it is crazy. The jokes are just. <laughs> it kind of captured, you know, it made fun of all that whole era of and and, and, and bef- even before that era, I think it kind of went back even to Breakfast Club stuff and Days Didn't Confuse came out in like, what, 2001, I think uh, it. It was it was hysterical. I, I loved that movie. Yeah, that was the first place I saw Chris Evans. And I remember that much. But yeah, I I remember just like watching through it and trying to pick out what it was referencing and just getting a kick out of it. Two things I think that movie did perfectly was they got the actor who played Billy Bob in Varsity Blues to play the spoof of Billy Bob. Right, yep. And yep. not another team movie. <laughs> That's right, they did. They totally did. And, but then their dunking on She's All That was when he's like, you gotta do that. He's like, oh, not that one. She's got like paint on her shirt and glasses. <laughs> and glasses and a ponytail. <laughs> paint on her overalls it's so well done oh my god i need that i need to go back to that one i would rewatch that i would absolutely rewatch that oh man what a fun movie um in terms of stuff that came out more recently i would go with uh eighth grade was mm-hmm. one that really resonated with me because um, it was just so painfully relatable in a oh. 
in the most cringy way, like in a in a way that hurts you, like a personal attack. Um, and I don't know if that makes you want to watch it or not, but it's just like if you really want to relive the, <laughs> the preteen experience, this is the movie that actually does it, and not in like a, a Hollywood tropey comic way, um, but in just a very mm-hmm. painfully realistic way. And I, I thought it was very good. Yeah. Um, and then Lady Bird. Uh, I think, Ryan, you have this on your list too. But yeah, what a good film. What do you like about it? That was incredible. Um, just how real it was in the relationship mm-hmm. between mother and daughter there and how complex it was and difficult in the conversation. And like, you know, there are moments in your life where you and your parents, like, um, you know, you're just, you're kind of like a little enemies for a little bit while there. It's, it's tough. It's not always, it doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. There are moments where there's up and downs like any relationship you have but I think it did an excellent job of just being really true to a lot of relationships out there and kind of the struggles as you're getting older and kind of looking ahead at like your furthering education and where you're going to live and trying to be independent and all these things that you want to you know grow up into your own person the performances were like absolutely jaw-dropping um I I I thought it was one of the best movies of the year when it came out and um yeah I think uh, probably the best, the strongest, like most recent coming of age movie that we've that, that's been out there. Definitely agreed. So with all that in mind and thinking back about all these movies, what do you think is the formula there? What is what makes a good coming of age story or a good teen movie? For me, it comes back to the character. You have to like if you can't relate to these characters, like if you're that age and you can't relate to the character portrayed on screen, it's you're out. Yeah. Yep. There's there's got to be something that you can relate to in those characters. Agreed. Yeah, it can't be like it can't be like this stereotypical ideal of a teenager or a young adult. It has to really uh, live in some sort of realism mm-hmm. that we've seen or we've known. You know, relationships we've had when we were that age. Um, and it really, um, like Chris said, you just have to be able to relate and see yourself. Put yourself in those in their shoes and based off all of our own experiences i'm sure there's um, similarities and that we've all had in our lives that we can uh, we can share on and i think that's the the, the the strongest tv shows and movies um are able to do that well it, even a movie like clueless which is like clueless is a very it's it's a super stylized ridiculously over-the-top comedy yeah <laughs> but like at at the at the heart of it it's about this girl who doesn't know exactly how to react when suddenly like her friends have a new friend the new girl moves to town she doesn't know she has trouble connecting with her in the same way that some of her friends do and like it's being a teenager it is so easy to just feel on the outside and like watching Cher get stuck on the outside immediately I'm like oh I understand that side of her I don't wear like very bright like vinyl clothing (laughs) but I understand what she's going through exactly at the heart of it Oh, yeah, it just needs that. Because um, I noticed that, you know, none of us mentioned, like, uh, Beverly Hills 90210 or, like, uh, Saved by the Bell. But I think I didn't mention those because I just couldn't relate to them. I mean, I watched them. I just, like, didn't find them very relatable. And, yeah, 90210 went off the rails. Yeah, I almost wrote 90210. And then I was like, did anybody come of age watching that show? Like, <laughs> it was insanity from the jump and somehow got weirder. Yeah, exactly. It just really went off the rails. And Saved by the Bell is ridiculous. Like, I love Saved by the Bell, but looking at it as an adult, it it's just the it's diary so silly. of a sociopath named Zach Morris. <laughs> <laughs> that, he's just, the, he is the worst human being 
Oh, God. And why is he breaking the fourth wall? Who is he talking to? What does he know? By the way, that's isn't that coming back? Aren't they remaking that? Yeah, they're making it for Pete for Peacock. Uh, production started, but it's obviously been put on hold for now. But in the new reboot, uh, Slater is the coach at Bayside. Uh, Jesse is also doing something at Bayside. And Zach Morris, who will appear on the show, is governor of California. Wow. Because why not? <laughs> I guess that that makes sense nope. based on what we just said. <laughs> Oof. All right. I probably will I, not I probably won't either. I 100% will watch every single episode of it. I know <laughs> I know me. I'm not even going to play around like I'm not going to watch it on day 1. All right. So, Chris, what have you been working on recently that people should check out? Uh, I mean, obviously, they should be listening to Wrestle Buddies, the greatest yeah. wrestling podcast to ever exist. Uh, we Matt Matt Elfring and I uh, from the from the entertainment editorial team talk about such things as when Chucky from Child's Play came to wrestling, or the time uh, Big Boss Man and Al Snow fought in a kennel from hell match surrounded by trained Rottweilers. It was terrible. What? Wow. Yeah. All right, they, I need to hear uh, this episode. The, the, kennel, the kennel from Hell match is something magical. They're, the ring was surrounded by quote unquote trained Rottweilers that spent the entire match uh, just pooping on the floor and not being scary at all. Oh my goodness. Good times. Wrestle Buddies is every, we release episodes every Thursday. <laughs> all right. Definitely check that out on all podcast apps. And as I mentioned earlier, Play For All is still going on for a couple more weeks, and we've got donation links in the description below if you want to help us. We're raising money for Black Lives Matter and COVID-19 direct relief. Uh, if you have any comments or questions for this episode, uh, please email us at ysbw at gamespot.com. You can listen to this very podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And follow us on Twitter. I'm at Chastity underscore V. Ryan? I'm at Ryan Eric P. And Chris? I'm at Chris Hayner. C-H-R-I-S-H-A-Y-N-E-R. It's a weird last name. No, no it's, it's not. not. It's totally fine. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Pretty good. All right. Thank you guys for being on the show this week. And thank you all for listening. Take care. See you next time. Later, guys. Bye.